Hey, pumpkins. Welcome to another week at camp. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Grab your sleeping bag and flashlight and gather around the fire for some wicked fun. As always, this week's thrills and chills are chock full of spoilers, so listeners, beware. Ooh. Now, for this week's tale of gore and more. Hello, campers, and welcome back to the final week of camp. I don't want to die here at Copulators Die First. Yay, I don't want to die. We've made it to the finale of season one of hopefully what will be an annual summer camp of campy movies and good old fun times. I I have enjoyed this series very muchly. I've I've enjoyed it very much. I've enjoyed the selection process mm-hmm. because it is not an exact science. We just kind of put our hand in the fishbowl and see what happens. Yeah, we've we've made new friends. We've watched some really bad movies. Overall, I would say that it was very goodly. Um, um, it's basically what happens at real camp. You make new friends. Yeah. You do some cool activities. Um, but more more to come on the friends front. That'll come later on. So it's uh, been yeah, it's just been a really successful inaugural season of Camp I Don't Wanna Die. I think so. I think um I think I'm pleased with it. I'm excited to do it again next year. Mm-hmm. Uh but this week we had a uh camper vote. Mm-hmm. We all stood around the campfire and cast our vote together. Yeah. And we are covering the nineteen eighty one titular classic, The Evil Dead. Yes. Um, the people have spoken very strongly. And... Very strongly, which I was actually surprised about, but not really. Yeah. Um, I was, I don't know why I thought that uh, Sleepaway Camp 2 would do better than it did, because I actually like Sleepaway Camp 2 better than I like the first one. Yeah, no. The, yeah, no. I, I, I do think I wasn't expecting a landslide, and it wasn't like a super duper landslide, but it was like, uh, it was like pretty much a landslide like it was like ev- every day of voting was very much like evil dead evil dead evil dead do the and, evil the, and, dead. The, and then there was like one that was like maybe sleepaway camp too yeah yeah i believe one of those was my husband um another time arthur uh yeah whatever it's fine um, um so quick little tidbit about this movie that kind of fits in with what we stand for here at Copulators Die First. The original script called for the characters to be smoking marijuana, and then they shot it, and then everybody was just too uncontrollable and weird, and they had to reshoot it, and it was during the scene where they're listening to the tape being played back that Ash and Scotty find in the basement. Uh huh. So I don't understand why they thought that was a good idea. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, it just I will... fits in with, um, you know, bunk camp counselor like vibes for me. Hell yeah. Um, um, but that could also be hearkening back to like, you know, Friday the 13th, like the counselors are doing bad boy shit after dark kind of thing. Mm hmm. So that's no, like, this is good. I like this. Yeah. I-, I will say that 
I was trying to come up with an accurate description because I've seen this movie many a time, but I've never had to like really think about it before. And I feel like the only way that I can describe this is like a fever dream or what I feel like it might be like to be on mushrooms. Um, I have, I have never indulged in such, uh, treats. So, Oh, sure. Um, I, I do feel like this is just, I mean, you know, the first half an hour is like pretty tame and whatever. And then just like everything goes to shit. Um, but uh yeah no it's it's um it's a lot and funnily enough if they were going to shoot this film with everybody high i don't know how many people who were high could actually handle watching this movie do you know what i I, mean or shooting it because it is so intense to watch um as far as like I know Sam Raimi is a weird dude, and I really enjoy him. And I think he wrote this with his brother, too. But, um, like, they were all really young filmmakers when this came out in in 1981. And I think it was just a bunch of, like, bro dudes, like, having fun with each other. I I, I don't, yeah, no, this is, it's it's a unique, it's a unique piece of cinema, for sure. Um, I believe so. I believe it's very, um, I wouldn't say it's niche, but it takes a very specific amount of grains of salt to, to digest this. It's, it's, it's a specific seasoning blend, if Mm, you will. mm, Correct. Um, Uh, And uh, it's like, it's like kind of, it's like kind of Splatterhouse, but not really because it's more so possession. And it's like most like, like the originating idea seems to come of the slasher craze, but it's also only 1981. So we're not even like in the full swing of the slasher craze yet. We're like almost there, um, but not necessarily super really yet. Um, And like, I don't know. I feel like Splatterhouse wasn't really, it's only 1981. So like, Super duper splatterhouse is not necessarily a thing yet. And like, uh, like at this point, the exorcist, like possession is on people's minds. It's just, I would like, if somebody was like, where would you place the evil dead in like the timeline of eighties horror? I don't think I would place it in 1981. It's like a very specific prolific potentially blip on the radar you know what i mean right um all that being said it is one of the most celebrated horror films um i i celebrate it regularly i own two shirts um i was going through my dvd blu-ray collection of things like how some people collect horror vhs's Mm-hmm. I'm trying to convert a lot of what I own onto horror Blu-ray because, hi, the art is just phenomenal on those Blu-rays sometimes. Yes, they are. I, a thing, well, I may be biased, but if we're talking about the Blu-ray stuff, I think my favorite is still Night of the Demons. Like, that is such a great cover. I don't Blu-ray. own it, but I have seen it because I saw it at FYE and I was going to buy it and I was like, holy shit, $30. Oh, yeah. No, 
No, thank you. Um, and it's the same thing with when they they did the release of the craft on uh-huh. Blu-ray. I was like, fuck, that's such a good cover, and I really want to own it, but I don't necessarily want to pay twenty seven dollars plus shipping. Right. So it's like, Ugh, I, I if I find stuff like at the exchange that you and I enjoy going to, I'll mm-hmm. pick it up. I have Night of the Creeps on Blu-ray, and I think it's great. Night of the Creeps is another great movie we didn't cover. We but didn't have what, time. What, would have fit into summer camp uh, very muchly, but I feel like we should probably cover it before next summer. So I think we should cover it for October, partner. maybe because it's kind of spoopy, it's kind of sci-fi, it's it's yeah. its own it's its own little niche film. It is it is niche. Um, and what was I going to say? Oh, um, uh, cover art. One of the pieces of cover art that I wish I did own, but not necessarily in like the video format like as the as like the the cover for something but like maybe as a poster or even a t-shirt is the drew barrymore version of the scream cover where it was like black and white except for like the eyes and the lips you know what i'm talking about yes i really like her cover i mean to be completely honest um the uh oh my god the Nev Cam- I almost forgot Nev Campbell's name. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to die. Um, the Nev Campbell one's also really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just like something about the like innocent look in Drew Barrymore's eyes that's like telling. I don't know. I agree. Um, I would love to own Scream Collection on Blu-ray. But like, I, have, uh, I have the DVD collection because we bought it together and I was a big fan. We did. Um, uh, at the exchange. <laughs> at the exchange. I'm telling you, you need to make like an actual visit again where we get work done and um, go to the yeah. exchange. Where we get work done, we do fun things, and my dog doesn't die. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you could check that off the list because you can't go back in time, so it's not going to happen again. That is true. And um, um, we've made it through else? the fire. We made it through the fire, and now we were risen from the ashes. Mm-hmm. Um. And we're not going to get another pet for a while. So it's all good. So this film. So this main, film. Five main characters. Yes. Scotty. Mm-hmm. Ashley. Yes. Linda. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheryl. Shelly. I think it's Shelly. Oh, no, I think it's Cheryl. Because I think Cheryl is Ash's sister. Cheryl. And Kate. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's Kate. Well, like that's his like his girlfriend, right? So I mean, like to be completely honest with you, I'm like thinking about the girls' names, and I I hate it when I say this, but like there's Ashley, you know, Ash, there's Scotty, and then like a lot of times the girls' names are like kind of throwaways because it's just like you're all playing basic women, and they're all kind of the same character. Like there is no character development amongst anyone other than Ashley because he. Right is, like, he's the one that goes to carry on the entire trilogy. Right. And, like, even even beyond that, like, um, two of the girls even look very similar. They like, do, yes. I think it's, I think it's, um... It's Cheryl and Linda. So, oh, Linda. Uh, 
What the fuck? Is, does IMDb have the wrong character names? I don't know. Anyway. I but need, we know what? we know Ashley and Scotty are the two main fellas that kind of make it the longest. Oh, yeah. That's so weird. Anyway, yeah. It's never- also weird that it says it's uh, April 15th, 1983. So maybe that was like a VHS release. I don't know. See more yeah. release dates. Maybe that was a release date in another country. I don't know. So don't come for me. No. Um, so we have Linda... Cheryl and Kate. Yeah, because okay. I don't know. I don't know why it says Shelley. I don't know who that is. As, as Sarah York, I don't know who that is. Who is, knows, man? Maybe right? they're maybe based on different countries. So Cheryl's the one that basically gets possessed first. That's really the only part that matters. Yeah. And, and Linda is Ash's girlfriend, right? Yes, she's okay. the blonde one. So that's all we need to know, really. Okay, yeah, because Shelly, I think, is... I don't know if she was, like, the third wheel or if she was Scotty's girlfriend. She well, was one of the two. Shelly is Scotty's girlfriend because right. Cheryl, Cheryl is, like, kind of doing her own thing and then unfortunate things happen to her in the woods. Which... Yes, which um, we don't really have to discuss. It's yeah. violence against women in the most primitive of ways, if you can catch my drift. Right. Um, but she plays, she's the one that's like, she is actually the smartest person in this movie. And I fucking said it because mm-hmm. she shows up, she goes into the woods and she's like, mm, some bad things just happened to me. And they're all like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, um, it doesn't matter. You just have to take me into town. And, you know, I just, I can't stay here anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. And Cheryl is also the only, no. Yeah, Cheryl is the Cheryl. only one that, that calls Ash Ashley. Yeah, and she even... The only reason I know that it's her brother is because she's when she's, like, chained down in the basement. She addresses him and was like, oh, it's your sister, Cheryl. And I yeah. was like, okay, ooh, I don't like her. But I, she was the smartest one where she was like, they're not going to let us leave. Like, it doesn't matter. We're all going to die here, and they're not going to let us leave. Um, yeah, and, and when Cheryl first gets possessed, she has some, like, pretty cool demon moves with, like, it's like, it's like it's not a jig, but it ends up looking like a jig because she's, like, swinging her body in different ways around the room. And Yeah, it's um, very, um, it is kind of like a jig, and that's the thing that Sam Raimi does in all of his films. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, he, he made the goat man do it in Drag Me to Hell. Mm-hmm. He also made Tobey Maguire do it in Spider-Man 3. He did. Yeah, Tobey. So Where is Tobey Maguire right now? Unsure. But he does. Sam <laughs> Raimi is like um, like the king of interpretive dance. He's like, probably just do something that is like unsettling and weird. Right. And we'll make it work. So yeah. Cheryl doing her like, you know, 80s like creepy demon flash dance situation. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then like Linda in general, like. When she gets possessed, she is my absolute favorite demon. Like my oh, because absolute she's like favorite. she's like the little girl. She's like a baby doll. She's giggling. And do you she's think? Just... Do you think that's an homage to whatever happened to Baby Jane? Ooh, that is a really good question, and I don't know if we can fully answer that without knowing if uh, the Raimi brothers have that as a reference. But like. I I hope it is because in if it's my, not, then it's very coincidental in a really great way. I mean, it's probably coincidental, but like that also 
just blew my mind a little bit because you're right. It's like very much like um, whatever happened to baby Jane. Um, uh, oh, wow. I'm still processing that. You can you can let that marinate for a little bit. So I do, yeah, if, if you I, want, I, I can let you marinate and we could just PowerPoint through this really quick as far as plot. Okay. So um, group of a gang, a gang of like young 20 somethings because they're able to drink. Um, but it's also 1981, so I don't think if that means anything. But I'm using that as context for age. Um, so they're going from Michigan to this remote cabin in Tennessee. Um, and I only know that they're going from Michigan because the one... Uh, Linda has, like, a Michigan State sweater or something on it. Um so they're going to Tennessee to this, like, remote-ass cabin that they paid, like, no money for. And they're like, oh, I wonder why. And it's kind of a shit heap, first off. Um, I would be pissed if I showed up and that was my Airbnb. Because I'm not the kind of gay that's going to hang out in a cabin that I have to do all the fucking work, first off. Secondly, so they get there and they're just, like, hanging out, doing their thing. And, uh... They're, like, sitting there. They're eating dinner. And it's kind of creepy anyway. Um, and then the basement trap door opens. And, of course, Scotty, being the bro dude that he is, goes down to the basement. And what do they see down there other than, like, one, a creepy-ass fucking basement in a fucking cabin? But they find the Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. They, f- they also find the recorder. And a dagger. But, hold up, if you're paying attention, plastered on the wall is Wes Craven's poster for The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, so I never noticed that until I watched it again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, ooh, Easter eggs, look at that. Easter Um, eggs abound. And it was like the OG poster, too. Yes. So that's that's cool. Um, So they bring the record player. Well, it's not really a record player. It's more of like a tape recorder, but it's huge. So they bring it back upstairs with all the accoutrements that go with it. And Ash is flipping through the book. And he's like, oh, this looks gross. Um, Duh, because it's made of human skin. Um, We find that out during the recording. And he's like, ew, I touched it. No, thank you. I don't know. (laughs) Just like pausing at the Necronomicon for a hot second. I feel like if he had actually paid attention to what was on the inside of it, he would have been like, no thanks. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like reading is fundamental, certainly has a couple of meanings for us as homosexuals. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, in this case, reading is just literally fundamental to the point where like, you don't need words to see that this book is showing you that like bad shit is in here. I so agree. Like, don't touch it. Don't touch it. I don't I don't care for it. Um I think it's gross. I I don't know what they used to make the book to be honest. I don't think there was any information on it. But mm-hmm. I mean it was pretty convincing to make it look. It looked kind of gooey. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it didn't look dry as you'd expect like a human leather bound book to be. Right, from, like, ages ago, you know. Right, or because it's, like, some ancient... It's not, like, Sumerian, but it's, like, an ancient Sumerian-type culture where they, you know, they use the book for resurrection, et cetera, et cetera. So they're... The one guy, Scotty, he's, like, skipping through the thing, skipping through the tape, 
and he ends up on the part where they're reading the fucking incantation that just wake it like wakes up the forest full of dead weird shit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and and never I mean, never read books made of human skin. Yeah, that that seems to be like a good rule for life. You know what I mean? Also, I don't know. Um, it was one of like so the professor whoever because we don't really know who the but whoever the professor is that was doing these recordings um like he was also doing that thing where like if you're reading something and then you get more intense in the volume and cadence of your voice and like the oomph behind it like that's never a good sign like turn that shit off because you don't know what's going on and I feel like if if they were high in that moment, it that's when it was supposed to be that they were high, right? Like that, the, and right then and there, um, that explains to me Cheryl's response, like where she like screams, like right? She's like freaking. I mean, they probably actually did keep that part in because we have to remember this is 1981, and this wasn't shot digitally. Mm-hmm. This had to this had to be cut physically with scissors and put together yeah. on a reel to reel to make an actual film. And like that being said, I don't know how good I would be at that. And um, it probably takes a lot of skill to make it look smooth, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, now everything is done digitally, but when I was in high school, I took that TV production class that we were allowed to take. Mm-hmm. And to edit that way, we had to edit VHS to VHS. And this was in 2005. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what it would have been like to have to do it via... Maybe it was shot in 35. I'm not sure. I don't have the analytics for that kind of uh, information. But, um, I mean, like, this film is just cool, like, filled with a lot of really cool stuff. Like, you can tell it was shot for a very low budget. Yeah. Which um, I think adds to the charm of this movie. Well, yeah. And and I think that... Um, I don't know how I would have responded to this if this movie just came out of nowhere into theaters and I was, like, alive and of adult age in 1981. I would have been like, what the fuck is this? I mean, I would have seen it, obviously. Um, but I don't think I would have been able to, like, fully get a opinion on if I liked it or not until I saw it a couple times. Right. Um, I've seen this at least a dozen times. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, I respect it a lot for what it is and what it has trailblazed and what it has done. I probably watch it like once a year, but it's like not one of the things that I'm always like, Oh, I'm in the mood to watch X, Y, and Z. Like that just doesn't happen for me. Um, right, but saying that, I mean, watching it again last night, um, with a more educated eye, you know, now that I'm a 31 year old homo, um, with some experience in the world and such, it, it is really cool. Um, like they they did a lot of alternative camera angles. They did a lot of the sweeping shots. Like they did a lot of the tracking, the trail of whatever was in the woods, you know. Um, And it was very, very effective, especially like towards the end of the movie where there's all 
of the very disorienting camera angles. Yes. Like that all works really well for like, like th- there's some things like if you're, if you're trying to disorient an audience, like there's some things that just like, it doesn't matter how much technology you have. It just can't be done better than with how you shoot it. Right. Um, and this is like a really great example of that. But anyway, I really um, enjoy that the camera angles are very jaunty and angled and mimics a lot of the actors movements in this film. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that was done with intention one way or the other, but I mean, it was successful. I feel like it, it helped portray the, uh, how you say, je ne sais quoi of this film. Um, where it's like, there hasn't, to my knowledge, been a film like this in a very long time. There have been a lot of other films that have tried to copycat this formula. And yes, it's worked out well, but there's only ever one original. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, this is this is a very well-crafted movie. Like, there's oh, movies, absolutely. Yeah, like, we, we have just in recent history... Um, uh, covered some low-budget movies that are not so great, but end up being celebrated for their not so greatness. Um, but this is not one of those. This is like a this is a good movie, um, and and it, it's 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 like a, a expert lesson on how to squeeze as much juice out of the lemons that life has handed you. Um, not to say that, you know, they had lemons here cause it, they just, it was low budget and that's fine. Whatever. Um, la, 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 la. Hmm. So some of the, uh, Latin, it's mm-hmm. not exactly Latin, but, um, so some of the Latin that is portrayed in the incantation on the tape, um, appear to sound like Salmon Rob Das East Hikers Don De Rosda, which means Salmon Rob, Sam Raimi, and the other guy, I forget, Rob something is his last name. It's something. I don't know. Um, are the hikers on the road, which is Rob Tapper, which uh-huh. means they, they actually had to physically hike up to the up to the actually abandoned cabin every day for shooting because there was no actual road. Oh hell no! Yeah, and Sam and poor you know Ash and his fake blood soaked clothes had to sit in the back of a pickup truck every day to go home because he was just too sticky to be inside inside the truck. Um. Wow. Yeah. No. No. Thank you. Because no, the fake you. blood was actually made of caro corn syrup, condensed milk, so it's just a stick factor, yeah. and, and red food coloring. So it gave it kind of that visceral, milky, like thick, blood-like substance. And I'm sure that's a majority of where they spent their budget, because I know for a fact, Ash vs. Evil Dead, like three quarters of their budget was just fake blood. I mean, there's a lot of it, so, you there know. There is so much of it. They actually had one of their friends tell them, like, no matter what you do, just make sure, this, like, the lens in the screen is always bloody. Like, just keep it coming. So, I know 
that during Ash vs. Evil Dead, when there was, the actors didn't actually know where the blood was going to come from in a scene. It was just going to hit them. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Ooh. So I have a feeling that this was kind of along the same lines. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, practical effects. Like, yeah. Like yeah. the tree. Was it a tree or was it the bench that was on the porch that crashed through the window? Um, well, so a tree crashed through the window, but one of my favorite scenes in terms of, again, masterclass and movie making is when they first get to the cabin and Scotty is walking up to the door to find the keys and the bench, the swinging bench outside is hitting the side of the cabin. And then as soon as they open the door, it stops. Yes. It's like, oh, shit. Right. Right. There's a ton of really cool, like, special effects. Like, you know, there was a dude, like, shooting that camera angle. And there was his buddy next to him just slamming the fuck out of that, like, fucking swing until he was like, okay, cut. And then he stopped it. Right. And, And, and again, there's a way to shoot something for no money by having friends to help you and not getting them in the actual uh, scene by accident because you are paying attention. And then there's a way to do it where you don't care as much about the, the final product. So like, oops, maybe there's a hand or something. And not saying that fantastic filmmakers don't make mistakes now and again, but like, Again, masterclass. Like, they were like, we have this much money, but I want this to happen in this scene. How can we make it happen for no dollars? They also, oh. sa- they also saved money because the 13 members of the crew, which is a very small crew for a production, yes. um, they slept in that fucking cabin, which what? didn't have, they didn't have plumbing. So the actors went days without showering, covered in sticky goo. Everybody smelled, everybody argued. So I feel like that added to the authenticity of the tension of what these actors were experiencing. Because, hi, I will fight any motherfucker who is also sweaty and smelly and telling me that I'm sweaty and smelly. Yeah, like, shut up, sweaty, you know? Yeah, sweaty, get it together. (laughs) Like, also, who knows when this was actually filmed? So hopefully it wasn't, like, filmed during the summertime when this was, like, probably... I'm sure it was, like, a fall situation because there was a lot of foliage occurring. Yeah, and they also, I mean, just because they were wearing coats doesn't mean it wasn't the summer. But I feel like if anyone has any humanity at all, they would have filmed this when it was at least a little bit brisk out. I agree, especially, like, in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee, like, keeping keeping it classy, keeping it, like, an homage to itself. Yeah. Um... So they they play the the tape, and then uh, Cheryl is the first one to be possessed mm-hmm. because she goes out in the woods and she she is sexually assaulted by a tree. Yeah. By a tree. Um, and, I remember and... watching this in high school with somebody, and uh, she was very concerned about the tree scene. I was like, I know, dude. It's it's it's, fu- it's fucked up. Yeah, it's well, very fucked up. I don't know who I had a conversation with about this movie the first time I talked about it with someone. But before I ever saw it, this was the movie, like, in my mind, like, how I knew it from other people describing. Like, this was the movie where the girl gets raped by a tree. And I was like, oh, cool. I want to watch that. And then, like, 
because I'm me, um, I researched it more and was like, oh, it's not like that's not what it's about. Um, that being said, it's certainly an interesting choice. Um, it is 1981. Um, obviously, if you've ever watched this film, uh, I highly recommend. First off, well, correct. Um, but like, definitely, the Raimi brothers were and Bruce Campbell because he was also involved in the production and the direction of it, but mostly just the production. Um, like they were going for shock value. And like, I think that's where a lot of like the jumpy camera angles, like splatterhouse type stuff comes in um, where it's like super duper shock value, like super duper sexually charged. Like you're trying to shock the audience, like through very visceral means. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk about that scene any more than that. But um, watching it again last night, I was like, oh, yeah, they really they really go for it. You know, Yeah, they really uh, they go a little ham for it, which, you know, typically goes against my stance on films that right. portray violence against women. But yeah. I feel like because this was so integral to the storyline. Well, right. It, it didn't yeah, like, feel as intrusive mm-hmm. as The Hills Have Eyes, where it's oh, the girl. sexual assault of women is just there for shock value. Or Last House on the Left, where yes, it's exactly. also done for shock value. Yes. But to, exactly. the, to the degree of which it is done. Mm-hmm. It could be alluded to. You don't need to show graphic detail of it happening. But this, it's it's shot in quick cut scenes. So you're kind of alluded to it happening and then they just show something very quick, just like, and then it's done. Right. And then she shows up, she's tattered, she's physically upset and Ash is just trying to help her and he's like, oh, I don't know what the fuck happened to you out there. Like, did you fall? Gus, what is the problem? Yeah, yeah oh, Gus. Does, does oh, Gus have an opinion? Um, no, see, here in Cleveland, every Labor Day, we have the United States Air Force Air Show. Oh. So he's here in an airplane and him not liking it. I get it, buddy. I'm sorry. It's okay, Gus. I it's mean, okay. I yeah. love you. It's okay. I'm sorry you're having a bad time, but it's not going to be over for a while, so you'll just have to hang in there. They do, they do it all weekend. Um so that's a lot of airplanes girl. yeah dude it's it's actually six of them i was listening to it on the radio they were talking about it about mm-hmm. how there are four dudes that like stay in like a diamond formation it was like one of the commanders was talking about it it was very interesting because yeah. i've seen it like a hundred times well i've seen it actually nine times uh-huh. since we've been here right. um but they do like practice stuff pretty much all week so you see like these cool like f-16 bombers and stuff doing like aerial maneuvers yeah, that's cool. But, you know, tax dollars and shit. But I digress. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so girl gets raped by tree. Yeah, so she um, shows up. Ash is like, I don't know how to help you, but I'll take you back into town. And then there is no bridge because she is correct. The woman is right when she says that they right. will not let them leave. They will not because it's not even like the evil lives in the woods. Like. The evil is the woods, maybe? Or does the I don't, evil no, just No, 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 no. It's definitely not the woods themselves. It's definitely, like, a hollowed ground situation, I feel. Okay. Yeah. Because he read the book at that cabin and thusly 
infected it, I feel. Yeah, like he, so the professor dude created the, the hollowed grounds the first time he read the incantation because he basically marked it as such. Correct. And the evil appeared and then the evil lay dormant within the woods around the cabin. That makes more sense to me. Um, Yeah, I don't feel like it's because it's like a Sumerian type thing. Like it's not indigenous to that area in in the United States. Like, you know, regardless, this is very much a possession movie. And I feel like sometimes I forget that it's possession and and not zombification. Oh, yeah. Because of the um, because of the makeup. Yes, but, uh, but it's very much possession, especially if you like watch the entire series and then also Ass versus Evil Dead. Um, Deadites, man. Yeah, but um, oh, possession. So yeah, so here's my question: Did Charles get possessed through the process of sexual gratification by the woods, or did that happen afterwards and that was just the woods playing with her? Cannot say. I feel like, in my mind, I'm going to say just to give some type of meaning other than shock to what happens, that she was possessed in that process. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, um, that's what Also, I have a thought process. Could that be like, um, like an impregnation of this virus kind of thing? Could like, be, yeah. Because it's very um, impregnable in the sense yeah. of, like, she is the first one that, like, starts to be possessed. And then everybody else, chain reaction-wise, because none of it happens via contact. Well, well so, yeah. a little bit. A little yeah. bit. So but like, it's more of, like, a bloodborne pathogen. Like, once blood is exposed... It does it does seem more like that than like straight up like there's a different spirit in all of them because yes. Cheryl and then Cheryl stabs Linda in the foot with the oh, pencil. Why? Always with the fucking Achilles. Why? And then and then she also like really she like rakes that shit around in there. So, but it's so also then, one of the coolest special effects when you see Linda's foot. When yeah. Ash like peeks under the covers and it's like whoop and it spreads, it kind of reminds me of like um, special effects that they would use like on Sesame Street, like in PBS, where it was like just very basic. But it's just it's it's like evil Sesame Street. It's like yeah. evil. It's evil stop action animation. Basically, yeah, it's super neat. Um, and like again, like you can clearly tell that that was like shoot, paint more on, shoot, paint more on, shoot, paint more on. But at the same time, like the whole effect like as a whole is cool to watch um and like yeah like a a lot of the special effects for the monsters are like very much like reminiscent of like not even just like stop action but also like claymation yes um but like never once I don't think and well I can't speak for the entire population of the world but I feel like never once has somebody watched this and been like oh that's so stupid it's like oh cool like they really went like like they committed to what they were doing so hardcore um and they also like through all of this like one they didn't have much money so they had to do it the way they could but two they ended up creating a very specific and very identifiable um, visual style. Like, that, like, 
the the possessed people like like the very very like dark sunken in eyes with like the, just the white like pupil like nothing else there like yeah those were those were some painful ass contact yeah. lenses i could only imagine but like all Especially of that for the 80s because they were actually oh, glass they girl, weren't like they yeah. weren't like now where they're like uh silicone or whatever the fuck they're made of yeah that was probably not fantastic that probably no um but like yeah, so like they created this like even and, and even now like in Ash versus Evil Dead like their palette, their character style, like all of it is like one hundred percent characteristic. It's the DNA of the Evil Dead franchise, which is super cool. Um, so yeah, so what happened? So uh, possession. So sh- Cheryl's possessed, and they're like, throw that bitch in the fucking basement. Yeah. So and then, and they then, chain it up. Yeah, and then Linda goes and lays down because she's like, "I have the Achilles disease." Yeah, ow, I'm hurt. Yeah, ow, ow. I'm hurt. I bench me, coach. Yeah. So they put her on the bench, and then Shelly is next. Right. Yeah, the girls all go first. How does? Okay, so I forget how Shelly. Shelly. So right. So it. Shelly's like, a gray area, man. Right, because it seems like Cheryl essentially. Um, gives it to linda but then like cheryl is walking around bopping around doing whatever like maybe gonna take a shower or well actually well we know there's not a bathroom but that's not the point um there is a shower but i don't think there's there's a a shower i don't think there's a toilet i feel like they have to go outside (laughs) they they gotta go outside and squat they know toilet i mean Um, probably maybe that's how she ended up outside in the in, in the first place Ooh, she had like, to go yeah. find a tree to squat behind or something. Go find one. Um, yeah, but so yeah, so that so it does seem like, especially like the, the 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 sweeping tracking shots, like are very and like we never see what they're seeing, so we have to imagine like, is it a literal evil spirit that's coming up to them and being like boo bitch, or like, do they just sense something? Who knows? But so it does seem like a different entity ends up infecting Cheryl but it but she's also now possessed and then she, she she's nasty like yeah. she is visceral she, her face is fucked yeah. like she is just like top tier nasty raunchy bitch like right. i would not want to fuck with her i'd be like mm, you stay in that fucking basement all by your fucking self like yeah no so, so Cheryl Cheryl yeah Cheryl wait not Cheryl Shelly. I was going to say, Shelly. Yeah, Shelly, like, goes, like, full-on ham at Scotty. And she's like, I'm possessed, boo. I'm going to eat you. Um, And then, like, he ends up knocking her into the fire, and she starts burning, and it's all weird. Oh, yeah. And then they have to to cut her up. um, Because the the tape says so. Oh, it does? Yeah, because the professor had to disem- like disembowel and uh, disembody his wife. Remember? Now I do, yes. Yeah, because he was um, like, oh, I had to disembody her. I had to cut her up into pieces. So then they put her in a sheet and they drag her out and they put her yeah. in a hole. Right, yeah. So, I mean, to be honest with you, Diane, I did not pay that much attention to the recording when I watched it last night because I was like, oh, I know this part. Um, right, right. Maybe, maybe I should have paid attention. Um, um, do you think? Do you think uh, the fire face situation for Shelley was a homage to um, 
Manos, Hands of Fate, <laughs> where Poor Torgo's hand catches on fire? Um, probably, probably not. not but probably not. It's, um, it's at least a good reference for me. Now but, that I'm fucking stuck suffering through that being in my memory for as long yeah, as I live. Exactly. But Thanks, I will say one of, one of my favorite lines happens when Shelly... Shelly, yes, not Cheryl. When Shelly gets up out of the fire and she's like, oh no, my pretty flesh is burning. And then she looks at Scotty and she's like, you have pretty flesh, give it to me. (laughs) Join us. And I was like, oh, that's creepy. Um, You have pretty skin, give it to me. Um, um, That's very much like on the level of like Buffalo Bill where it's like, oh, you have a a nice uh, skin there. Wouldn't it be a shame if you were a coat? Kind yeah. of thing. Ooh, yeah. she's nasty. Yes. Now Shelly is cut up in a hole. So that um, leaves Linda to be next. Right. Um. Or so Linda. Linda, Linda transforms into whatever happened to Baby Jane. Yes. I, I think what I was trying to like figure out was like what what would push it over the edge, and I think like if she had curly blonde hair, then it would have been like this is definitely a reference to whatever happened to baby Jane, but she did not. She just sat there like a little weird baby demon. And, um, she just giggled, uh, crazily. Insanely. (laughs) Do you think that was like in the script giggles crazily? I don't know, but, um, I love that character choice. I hope she, I hope she, uh, had like free range to really like do it up and make it as weird as possible. Yeah, because she won. She won. Definitely. She won. She won Miss Congeniality for this, I feel. I was I was all about it. Um and then like and even like when she gets smacked and hit, like she's just like hee 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 hee. Um, yeah, it's very it's very like the the blush is very yeah. reminiscent of Baby Jane and her antics. Um right. and like let's see, where else do we go from there? So, oh, Scotty. Scotty's next. Yes. Well, so so whatever happened. It takes a while. Right. So like whatever happened to baby Jane is like, I'm not gonna move. And so Ash has to move her and (laughs) um, physically move her dumbass into the fucking woods. Yeah. Dump her in a hole. And then and so yeah, her head gets cut off and that's a whole thing. Um blood blood everywhere yeah and i also appreciate how like you can 100 percent tell that they have prosthetics on and then like you like they cut to the mannequin and the and the head flying and then like the the fake uh head lands in the ground and then it's like oh look it's actually a person in the ground ha 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 um <laughs> they just you know buried her up to her fucking neck but it's fine yeah um yeah so then so then that happens so now linda's like bye linda um and and then at one point cheryl gets out of the basement she sure do um and then and then also scotty turns because he went outside and got like all like fucked up by the evil and like if you look if you look at him hard enough when he's sitting on the couch, like they put like a bone prosthetic on his arm to make it look like there was a bone like that got broken and popped out of his skin Ooh, and stuff uh, like that. Gross. Um, Especially when Cheryl's like scraping his leg meat. 
oh my god yeah what the fuck and then and then like oh he's kind of limping but like if if his leg meat had gotten actually scratched up like that he's actually limping because in the scene in the woods he trips on a root irl and then and then while he was like it doesn't hurt so bad sam raimi was like oh it doesn't and then poked it with a stick a bunch of times till it did hurt so then he had a cool limp yeah there's a bunch of bro dudes being bro dudes in the woods that's that's our title right there. A bunch of bro dudes being bro dudes in the woods. What's better than guys being dudes? I love when guys <laughs> are dudes. They're, it's my favorite. I love being a dude bro with my guy dude friends. In the woods doing in- a shot doing a shotgun of a beer. Yep. Um totally. but you're in a cabin so there's no refrigeration. So that beer is warm AF. You're welcome. That, that's disgusting and gross. But Yep. You know what? I've been seeing a lot of on Facebook, um, and I don't know if this is fake news or not, but there's like all these articles that pop up on my Facebook, like researchers show that there's more um, man on man sex happening in the straight population than you'd think. And I'm like, what is this? But maybe, you know, dudes in the woods, you know? Oh, totally. That's totally a dudes in the woods thing. Yeah. So Ash's leg is fucked. Yeah. Um, all of Scotty is fucked. He's like, uh, fucked, yeah, yeah, he's like the last one that turns into a deadite. But mm-hmm. also, um, like during the course of filming, uh, Bruce Campbell actually got his ass like whooped on the daily. Like one of the cameramen like slipped in in some blood mm-hmm. and smashed him in the face with the camera, and he actually lost a couple teeth. Oh my god, poor Bruce Campbell. Yeah, Bruce Campbell went through it. He like, you know hurt his cankle, fucked up his face, like, this poor dude. I mean, he was, like, pseudo-handsome, but, yeah. like, then you catch glimpses of his unibrow, and you're like, girl. <laughs> That's, like, literally exactly what I was thinking in my head, like, the unibrow, you know? I didn't realize how prominent it was until I blossomed into a full-blown gay, and I was like, where's your unibrow? I it, get it. It, 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 is, it is there, and it is prominent. And, it is also, um, it starts to dissipate throughout the film. Right. And like maybe it's because his his um face is covered in more fake blood or like maybe he was like I'll shave it, who knows, but It actually took them 2 years to make this. So, uh... so maybe he learned some self-grooming. Yeah. Because they filmed it from 78 to 80 and Bruce Campbell was the last one left of the actors to still be filming. Mm. So you can tell that some of them are body doubles. Gotcha. Yeah, so he's doing that a whole explains... lot of facts, man. I came prepared because this is one of my, like, it's one of my top five favorite horror movies. Yeah. I can watch this on, I wouldn't say repeat, but I can watch it pretty regularly and still I mean, enjoy it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad you came armed with facts because I did not put any in my ammo box whatsoever. No, that's fine. That was um, That's okay. I came prepared because yeah. I really enjoy this and I want other people to enjoy it for what it is. And I mean, to be clear, it's not because I don't enjoy this movie because I do. It's just that this was like, I know that we say like, oh, it's been a week sometime, but like this was like a, I got up at six, finished work at like seven maybe cried into my dinner sometimes this type of week like i yeah oh yeah yes girl i don't even want to talk about it because i'll just cry all over again but anyway only actually filmed for 12 weeks out Mm -hmm. of the two years of production i'm sure a lot of that was like they only have certain availability to get to the mountain etc etc so um he actually called this a comedy of errors because it Mm. was pretty much his first foray into into film 
this yeah. kind of launched his career and it kind of launched Sam Raimi's weird career. Um, yeah. So, which I'm eternally grateful for because I, I just, I think this was like the dawn of the uh, blood gore slasher like, phenomenon for me. It, yeah. And it's like, it's like almost like a in your face, like blood gore fest, but there's like, the thing about Raimi is there's a very specific, like, undertone of, like, I wouldn't even call it dark comedy, even though that's what it would be described as, because it's a very, it's even more specific than dark comedy. It's, like, horror comedy. Right. And that just escalates throughout, throughout the trilogy, because mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2 is campier. Oh, girl, yes, it is. Very much especially so. With, especially with that mounted moose hunting. I could talk about that all day. Um, um, and yeah. then Army of Darkness is even weirder. Like, it's just... Army of Darkness is just plain stupid in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't watched it in so long that I don't remember anything about it. And I almost watched it last night. But then I was like, you know what? I just watched Evil Dead. And I don't want to watch Army of Darkness and then, like, mix things up in my head. You know That's what I mean? That's fair. Um, but yeah, at least, at least there's a few good people that worked hard on this project that can say, looking back, that, like, all the work was worth it because it launched their careers. Yeah, I mean, I would think that Bruce Campbell had a pretty, has had a pretty successful career. Yeah, he was on a USA show. He was on Burn Notice for a long time. Oh, yeah, I liked that show. Um, he did, I enjoyed that uh, show. He did that sci-fi original movie called My Name is Bruce that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it just... Uh, it's just perfect. It's just perfect in a lot of great ways. So, um, Ash is left to fight off the Deadites. Right, yeah. So And he finds and coins his signature piece of equipment which is nicholas well the um the chainsaw right and in later films he adapts it as an appendage his appendage basically yeah um so he's just basically taken the world by storm with his chainsaw and he's trying to fight off these deadites and and he thinks he, you know, he gets out of it and he makes it till dawn. Well, right. But so in this one, he does have the chainsaw for like a hot second because he was going to go chop up Linda. But then he's like, I can't do it because it's Linda. And then I don't think he ever touches it again. I think because he, he goes to use it and then he chucks it away. But it right. at least sets the tone for him using it. Right. In later films and subsequently the series. Yeah, because because the end of this one is where um, he's all like, oh, fuck, I got two possessed people all up on me. Um, what am I going to do? And then he notices that um, Scotty is like smoking <laughs> because yes. because the Necronomicon is like halfway in the fire. And then he's like, oh, maybe I should have burned it. So then like. It's a very long, exasperating scene where it takes him far too long to get a grasp on it, but then he ends up throwing it in the fire, and then both uh, Cheryl and and Scotty uh, burn up. But then, like, it's also, like, sure, but then also he had to make it till dawn anyway, so, like, dawn was also breaking right then as well, so it was probably, like, a mixture of I burned the book, but also 
dawn was breaking. But either way, he survives. Yeah, he does survive. He survives for two more movies and I want to say three seasons of a TV show. So Mm -hmm. actually, I don't know if I, I think I do have a little Funko Pop of him. I know I have a Funko Pop of Kelly from the series, but I mean, that's pretty much the movie. It's just basically a gore fest full of like some really cool blood shots. There's like the cool wiggle woggle title screen of like the title actually like looking like it's made of blood and it's, like, mm-hmm. pulsating. There's that cool scene of, like, the blood actually running down the camera lens. Like, yeah. during the course of filming, it was actually so cold that some of the wiring and the cameras froze during filming. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty pretty frigid. It was a wild for- time. It was a wild to be alive in 1980. Right. But so, so the fact that this movie wasn't released until 1981 but was shot earlier than that does put a lot of things into better context about the overall visuals of the movie in terms of like what they're saying, what they're wearing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I did not know that. So tasty little tidbits. Tasty um, little morsels, snack Yeah. And then, so I haven't seen Evil Dead 2 in a long time. Me either. And again, I was like, oh, maybe I should just watch it last night. And, mm-hmm. then I, and then I was like, no, no, no. I definitely shouldn't do that because there's I, there's things that I know happen in Evil Dead 2 that I thought were going to happen while I was watching the first one last night. Um, so I was like, definitely don't do that because then you're going to be like super duper confused because in my mind... Evil Dead Dead 2 is kind of, to me, like a remake. (laughs) Right, exactly. Because, like, it's the same, like, they're supposed to be in the, quote, same cabin, except it's not five people. It's just, like, Bruce and his girlfriend. But, like, the plot is basically the same, except that it's only two people instead of five. And then, like, you know, the hand situation happens and stuff. I don't think they even ever addressed the he'd ever been there previously yeah so like that's the other thing so um i was like oh evil dead 2 is on um shutter i like i know that like i'll go watch it and stuff and i was reading the description and like the description they had is like um you know ash revisits the cabin where the events of the evil dead took place um, years later, and I'm like, nah, because like he wouldn't have gone back if he yeah, was aware it's, of it. It's a weird, could be a sequel, could be a remake, but like it definitely corrects the things that the first one did wrong. Yeah, I would say that, and then like obviously it better set up a franchise to happen, um, and then like the remake of the, I guess really the first two from 2013 is like even the first two a little bit on steroids. Um, Cause I feel like <laughs> the blood is even further elevated in that one. Cause it literally rains blood at one point. It just gets worse and worse, especially yeah. in the, in the remake. The remake is amazing. It is like, I really enjoy the remake and Uh, What I am planning for this week, you know that I make memes for every movie, but before we actually launched the podcast and we just had 
the Instagram to like get interest going. One of the first gay horror memes I made was a shot of the, I'm going to say zombie, but the zombie with the basement, uh, with the basement door. Um, but from the remake and, and the, and the caption was she done already had hers is. Yes. So I'm planning among other ones to remake that one with a shot of Cheryl from the original for yes. this week to celebrate it. But like, yeah. Cause like, then there's like the whole tongue cutting thing in the remake. If you want a really good comprehensive coverage of the remake, head on over to our friends at the worst horror podcast, because they actually did an episode on it. So we don't have to. Mm, yeah and you know we we like og things so yeah we like og things we like remakes if they're done well but i feel like evil dead remake slash sequel i can't really tell was one of the better of the remakes that i've seen as far as horror movies yeah it 100 percent was and i was really hoping that they were setting it up to make another one with that new well (sighs) not really i wish not new cast, but the new, because like you know, Ash, you know, who, or like the 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 Ash type person is a yes. girl in the new one, and I could completely forget her name, but I love that actress because at the time she was like in a lot of things, and I enjoyed her because she was basically just always like the quippy, kind of sad teenager girl that you know was too smart for her own good. Yes. Um, so who maybe they will make another one because they really super duper set it up for there to be. A I don't know. One. I feel like there has been it's been long enough between them that they're not going to. It's been six years. I since. mean, yes, yeah, it has been a while. Um, but maybe I just I will keep hope. Um, I hope so. Yep, her name is Jane Levy. Yeah, her. I like her. What is she in? I don't even know. Um, oh, she was in Don't Breathe. So there's that. Yeah, which is a movie that I didn't actually see, but I should watch. Um, it's good. It's weird. It's not what you expect. Okay, well, you know that happens with a lot of things, <laughs> especially things that we watch. But yeah, yeah, she's she's uh, I wouldn't say she's happening, but she's she's a hardworking actress. Yeah. So, so, what would you before we get on to our announcements and sending our campers back on the bus back to the mommies and daddies? Mm-hmm. What do you want to rate this film? Uh, I'm going to give this a 4.5. Very okay. I, I am as well. I can't give it a straight five. I don't <laughs> think... Have I ever given anything a straight five? Um, I do believe so. I don't remember what it was, but I feel like it might have been the craft. Oh, <laughs> not surprised. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Not surprised. It was probably The Exorcist and The Craft. Oh. Probably the top two that I gave a five to. Actually, I don't know if we... Ra- Did we rate the first movies that we talked oh, about God. in the first episode? I don't think oh. so. But we'll have to revisit that. Maybe yeah. maybe for our annual. Right. Maybe yeah. for our birthday episode. That's what we'll do. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. So, yeah. So many, so many things. Um, we have not- some time. None of them bad. We just, yeah, we have so much time and that's good. So... Um, yeah, so we gave it a 9 out of 10. Which is almost uh, perfect. Yeah, and so, like, 
we are very much on par with Rotten Tomatoes, which actually gives it a 95%. Really? That's surprising as fuck. Yeah. 88% of Google users like this movie. And then IMDb and Metacritic both give this movie like right around like 70 to 75%. So all good scores, but we are definitely giving it almost a perfect which I feel like for it to have lasted this long is very much deserved. Like this is one of those movies that when there's youngins who are like, I think I like horror. Like this is one of the top movies that they have to watch to educate themselves. I feel the same. And I feel like it's a lesson in practical effects. I feel like it's a lesson in budgeting. Um, And and this this film's already almost 40 years old. Right. And, and, and I feel like it holds up, really rather well and um i mean you know how much we love practical effects here at copulators die first so it makes a lot of sense that we uh hold it on such a high pedestal i agree i agree nine out of ten um i would give it higher if i could but i feel like that the rape scene just really takes it down a half a peg for me yeah, I, I get that. I can understand. Yeah. So, campers, get on your buses, but we have announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, announcement number one. Um, we are also dropping a, a bonus episode, if you will. Yeah. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that bad boy. It's just like a little, maybe like a get to know you kind of thing. Since we've gone X amount of episodes, like 35 episodes, without you guys actually knowing us. Yeah. Other than what you actually hear. So for September, being that it's kind of like a back-to-school month, we're trying to keep you educated, we are doing Fact versus Film. Which I am super excited about. I'm super excited, too. We will be having our first guest back for that, which will be Tori from Toil and Trouble Podcast. Um, she's going to be coming in with her awesome research. This girl researches like a motherfucker. Like, she researches shit like it's a fucking paper. Like, it actually matters. We will be doing the first week of September, like the actual first week, not Labor Day weekend, which is when this drops. We will be doing The Conjuring. Yeah, fact versus fiction. What actually happened? What was in the news? What was actually reported by the Warrens? And what did they, you know, conflate? Opinions and facts are very different things. So, you know, I know that Toil and Trouble did a whole episode based on the Warrens. Tori is our best resource for this, and she's coming in guns of fucking blazing. I am super excited because I love the Conjuring movies. Like, they're one of the only series that, when I go to watch them, still actually scares me because I'm a jaded motherfucker. Um, I like to watch them just for enjoyment. I actually thoroughly do enjoy them. Oh, um, yeah. They're I was super watch- good. I was watching a little bit of The Conjuring this morning to give myself a refresher because I'm sure in the multitude of times that I've watched it, I've kind of not really lost attention, but the attention to detail hasn't been there for me because I'm just watching it to enjoy it and mm-hmm. not from a uh, microscopic point of view where I'm examining tiny details what else is there to do with that go listen to toil and troubles episode on the warrens and then come back and listen 
to that week's episode, which will be airing next week. Mm-hmm. So that'll give you a little snack appetizer until that is ready. So that way you come with kind of some sort of context as to who the Warrens are if you don't actually know them. Right. And also from just my perspective, the actor who plays Ed Warren, Patrick Wilson, is a very swoon-worthy hottie. So he's not—he's not a bad-looking dude. And Vera Farmiga, who plays uh, Lorraine Warren, beautiful woman. Oh my god! Wonder- also, wonderful actress. Yeah, she is a. I love her so. Much. She's like on my list of actresses that consistently does fantastic work, but is like always a little bit under the radar. Yes, you know I feel I mean? the same way. Like. Wonderful supporting character in the new Godzilla movie. Hi, hello. But, like, hi, she's, like, a fucking tour de force, and she's gorgeous, and come on, people. Um, Get get with the program, everybody. It's worth your time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Toil and Trouble, episode eight, is about the Warrens. Go listen to that. Come listen to us for Fact vs. Film. What else are we covering, Nick? We're going to be covering Mothman Prophecies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Haunting in Connecticut. And I think that's it. Those are our three because this right. one starts off September. So that'll give you some time to kind of watch those movies and catch up with us. So that way, when you hear our spoiler warning at the beginning of the episode, you're already ready. Right. So there's that. Um, in September, we'll also be having another review contest. Um, our acquaintances at a comic book called alien toilet monsters reached out to us a while ago and said, Hey, do you want some alien toilet monster pins? And I was like, sure. Um, strangers. And so we have pins. They are pretty and shiny and gold and of toilet monsters. And, um, it's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. We'll put pictures up soon. But essentially, we're going to have another contest where, um, you know, we're going to ask you guys, as we always do, to go rate and subscribe on the iTunes. And um, we will then draw a random person from any of the new uh, reviews that we get to be the lucky owner of a toilet monster pin. Yeah, you can. There. How many are there? Three? We have three. So we can have, do you want to do three winners or one winner gets it all, takes it all home? Um, I do feel like probably three would be better only because it's the three same. Is a, three is a lot of pins. Okay. I didn't know if yeah. they were three different ones or whatever. No, they're, they're all of their mascot. Cool. Nice. So gold. when you go to leave a comment on iTunes, iTunes specifically, because that really, really helps us. Leave your Instagram handle in the comment. Please do. Otherwise, we won't know who actually submitted a a review. Um, And then we will put it into probably an app. Right, Nick? Just throw it in and it'll do like a scramble scramble. Yep. That's what we shall do. Um, And honestly, uh, I will make like the official announcement, probably not in the context of this specific episode launching, but to be fair, um, since we're talking about it, we will include any new reviews from the 2nd of September when this episode drops until whenever we decide that the cutoff date is. 
that is still TBD, but it's only fair to include from now until then. So if you want to know what we're talking about, literally just go search Alien Toilet Monsters on Instagram. Um, More information to come, but please just go comment, rate, and subscribe if you do like what we do because it helps us out a lot. And I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you listen to other ones, and you know the spiel and the deal. So spiel and the deal. Yeah. And with that, pumpkins, campers, keep on creeping on, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Uh, Get home safe, everybody. Bye. Bye.